So today is, as I said, Good Shepherd Sunday. Uh, it's the day when we remember that our risen Lord is the shepherd who cares for us. It's a day also when the church bids us remember uh, one of the pivotal ways he shepherds us, namely through his priests. And in particular, this day, above all days in the year, the church bids us pray for new vocations to the priesthood, that the Lord will raise up from among our midst new priests. Now, a priestly vocation doesn't appear in a vacuum. For a priestly vocation to be heard and responded to, you need the right spiritual environment for it. And that's why when that environment is right, you often see vocations happening in clusters, that one parish will produce a group of priests. So one example that's often pointed to in our diocese is just south of us, Ensbury Park. There was a time a while back where, in quite a short period of time, Ensbury Park produced half a dozen priestly vocations. My own home parish of Paynton in Devon, um, about the time I came forward, there were four others who likewise recognised their vocation to the priesthood. And all of this is a sign of what um, Pope John Paul II said, that One of the signs of the health of a parish is the number of priestly vocations that arise within it. And I'm very grateful that I was raised in such a parish. That in a healthy parish, the people love the Lord. In a healthy parish, people love the sacraments as the means by which they can encounter the Lord that they value the sacraments, they prepare for the sacraments, they focus on the sacraments, they get themselves ready for Holy Communion, they go frequently to confession. They love the Lord, they love the sacraments of the Lord, and they love the priest as the one who teaches them of the Lord, teaches them how to live following the Lord, and makes the sacraments available for them. And in such a parish, it's, it's hardly surprising that a young man should be able to recognise the priesthood as something worthy of giving his life to. And there's one thing in particular that needs to be primary in such a healthy parish, and that's the place of prayer. That that community needs to be a community of prayer. And in particular, prayer to our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, as he is here before us in this tabernacle, as he is always here before us. We are privileged to have a church, and we're fortunate that this church is open for you. It's unlocked all day, every day, for you to be able to come in here at any time to pray. Most days, we not only have Mass for you at the weekend, but weekday Mass as well. And this is important because we need to pray to ask the Lord to send us priests if such vocations are to come. That a vocation is a supernatural reality. It's it's when God calls and he tells us that he will do this if we ask him. He, He commanded us, ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers to his harvest. We need to ask. And I've no doubt that I received my vocation because in my home parish there were people praying for vocations. 
And I've no doubt with that that the reason I was able to recognise my vocation was because that parish valued prayer, valued the sacraments, and valued the priesthood. So my very obvious question today is, how often do we pray for vocations? Can I ask you, would you be willing to commit yourself on a regular basis to pray for vocations to arise? Would you commit yourself to say the rosary once a week for vocations? And in reverse, if you don't pray, are you going to complain if there isn't a priest here for you? If in 10 years' time, there isn't a priest here to do your funeral, or to do your marriage, or to do your baptism, or if in five years' time there isn't, or if next year there isn't a priest here for you. Now let me make a point of comparison. So in the United States of America, um, they used to have statistics for priestly vocations very similar to what we still have here in England. Namely, it seemed as if their vocational numbers were in terminal decline, less and less men coming forward. But they've now turned that around. They now have many more vocations than they used to have, and not only more, but younger vocations than they used to have, that they have younger men coming forward. But this statistic isn't uniform. It varies diocese to diocese. Some have a lot, some have practically none. And sometimes you can see this statistic played out with two dioceses right next to each other. The same geography, the same socio-economic groupings, and yet huge differences in the number of priestly vocations. And as people have looked across the states to see, well, what is it that seems to cause this difference? The biggest thing it seems to be attributed to is Eucharistic adoration, praying for vocations to arise. So I've got a priest friend in Kansas. He's the vocations director of a small diocese called Wichita, which is very similar to ours in the numbers it has. So they've got 65 priests, same as us. And they used to have the same vocations numbers-wise that we have. Namely, practically none. We've, we've only got two for our whole diocese. But they've now got 36 training for the priesthood. 65 priests, 36 in training. That's an incredibly good statistic. That gives them great confidence for their future, obviously. And so my point to you is that prayer makes a difference. And if you commit to praying for vocations, we as a parish and a diocese can have a future too. That if the heart and soul of a parish and a diocese is turned to the Lord and turned to the Lord, especially in the Blessed Sacrament, then all the things that flow from that will just naturally arise. And let me make one very specific recommendation with that. So you may remember last year we had the 24-hour all-night adoration. Uh, we're going to do the same in a few weeks' time. Um, can I ask you to come to that and in that in a particular way that we pray for vocations to arise among us? 
So we need people to commit themselves, if I can ask the different groups in the parish to sign up and commit yourselves, to cover each of the hour slots all through the day and the night, to be adoring the Lord as he will be displayed before us. Now, a final thing. The question of happiness in the priesthood. And I want to make the point to you that to pray that a young man be called to the priesthood is to pray that he receive a great path to happiness. Happiness not just in this world, not just in the next world, but even in this world, happiness. Because one of the problems, I think, is this, that the world around us, and sadly even in the church, it's all too easy for us to be focused on achieving the perfect middle-class lifestyle. That all of our vision of happiness is about getting the, the right job, the right house, the right car. But these things don't last. The glamour of the world fades. Beauty passes. Power and money, they're not worth dedicating yourself to. The only thing that does last is the love of the Lord. And that's worth giving yourself to. So most men are called to love the Lord through their wife. That their wife, by loving their wife, that's supposed to be the way that they're called to love the Lord. But there are others who are called to cleave to him directly. To cleave with what the Bible calls cleave to the Lord with an undivided heart. That means for me as a priest that I'm called, like Jesus, to love his church as my bride. So the Bible says that the church is the, the bride of the Lord Jesus. And the priest is configured to Christ Jesus the priest in such a way that I'm called to love the church likewise as my bride. I don't love you perfectly, but I know I will find my happiness nowhere else. That the real thing that will make a young man happy isn't what our modern society and the perfect middle class life offers. It's intimacy with the Lord. So to conclude, are we the sort of parish that will raise up vocations? Well, the choice is up to us.